podcast, A the Hockey Podcast Network podcast, presented by Bruins Diehards. Not really, but Pride Diehards, definitely, or whatever they're going to become. And also, DraftKings is there. And uh, yeah, code THPN and uh, not Raycon this month. Uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I don't know we'll why see. I'm going fast. Go once, go twice, go twice. Sold to Cam Hasbrook is here. We have Kat Silverman here. We do not have Chris Gear here. Um, I was I was gonna say like switching gears or anyone else have a gear pun? No. Oh, All right. <laughs> switching gears is probably the only one. <laughs> so. Um. Anyway, uh, I only have a ginger ale here. Thirty-seven out of thirty-seven Hannaford brand. Um, oh, good ginger. Do you ale all have anything? Some salad ginger ale. Yeah, yeah they do, uh, and it's half the price of Canada Dry, if not less. So, Canada <laughs> Dry is the top dog, though. Um, y'all have anything of of interest, Cat? You got anything? I have coffee. Nice. What kind of coffee? Um, like a dark or a light roast. It's a breakfast or... blend. Um, coffee's gotten weirdly expensive over the last mm. like. Like, I feel like everything has coffee has more than everything else. And uh, there's a grocery store by our house that sells big bags uh, for like $7.99. And I was like, cool. It can taste like tar. And I don't care. <laughs> and it actually tastes pretty okay. So <laughs> you're say it tastes like tar. <laughs> and it does not taste like tar. But if it did, I wouldn't mind because it's less than $8. And it would be I... a 37 on the tasteability scale in that yeah, case. For better or for worse. <laughs> I never know what the breakfast blend actually means, but I usually buy it because I like the alliteration and it's usually like a nice color, you know, like the bag or something, like a, a nice sunset orange, I guess sunrise orange would be more. I feel like the breakfast blend is usually higher caffeine. Maybe that it's probably not. Too. Maybe it's not, but it's what I hope it is. Uh, I'm gonna just I'm go with that. I'm gonna tell my brain. Yeah. It's mixed with scrambled eggs and bacon and like all that. It's, it's a got whole that breakfast. extra like caloric content to it. Yeah, it's got a, a daily dose of, of fruits and vegetables <laughs> inserted into it. So there you go. It's good. Um, I have a uh, grapefruit. Sorry, ruby red grapefruit. Not just any grapefruit. Mm -hmm. Seltzer uh, from from Maka Basket Bub. Uh, drinkability. 37 market basket makes some real good seltzer tasteability i mean it's a seltzer so probably pretty low but for a second i was thinking hard seltzer and i was like oh market yeah, basket no no no, no it's just a regular it's monday night you know what seltzer. i mean i got i got work to do tomorrow i got meetings and shit no drinking tonight um, so uh but yeah no uh, uh, tasteability is going to be like a two but it is very pleasant very pleasant for sure um, you know, you don't want the tasteability to be too high on seltzers or else it just starts to taste like soda and, you know, yeah. that's not what you're buying it for. It's, so. <laughs> it's pleasant. Like none of my experiences at Market Basket. That's um, tough. But that's because I hate grocery stores in general. It's Market Basket awesome. is a great grocery store. I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, well, yeah. The you, got, you get the best bang for your store. buck, too. Yeah. Love for your variety. dollar. That's what they say. Sponsored by. <laughs> and a Market Basket tosses <laughs> one. And I like would, Market Basket because they have the bat blue there, which none of the other grocery stores around here have. So, dude, we should get a market uh, Market Basket advertisement. Just have them toss us like not even a lot. <laughs> it's like coupons that we can yeah, yeah, get for free, like on their app or something. Like, Just send you know. us food. Um, all right. On that note, uh, yeah. So the Bruins played, and I was not watching it. So, uh, <laughs> did anyone watch it? Only Isabel. I watched parts of it 
after the fact because I was actually working during the game. So I got home and got to see, uh, I'd say the most important highlights, most notably uh, the the pasta, was that an overtime or shootout goal? The, it was a penalty shot. The wow. penalty shot uh, was disgusting. Yeah. Um, and that's, I feel like, all I needed to see from the game. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, cool, that embarrassed a goalie today. I uh, got to see the goalie hug, and that's more or less what I saw. It's like 90% of what's worth tuning in for is goalies getting embarrassed and then... You know, and then hugging, hugging it out. Hugging yeah. it out at the yeah. end. Yeah, that's good. Um, no, that was one of those games where I watched most of it. I say most because I was editing the first podcast during the first period of this one. Um <laughs> And then I watched the rest. And then afterwards, I like immediately forgot everything that happened. I was like, I'm pretty sure the Bruins won. <laughs> they did win. I know that. And then I was like, they I have no win, idea yes. who scored. Jason Van Reeves like scored twice. Yeah, power play. He's doing like exactly both of them from the front of the net. He tipped one. And then the other was he caught a pass or a rebound or something like yeah. that. And that's like why they signed that him. Sounds like James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's was... why, literally why they signed him to whatever. How much is he getting paid? It's a one year deal, right? But how much? Uh, James Van Reems, more or less the right amount, I think. Where's Lancey? Lancey, one million. Oh, that's, that's so, not that's bad. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I really thought that he was going to be one of those. That I was thought like it was two like or two three. or three. Yeah, yeah. And two or three is oh. <laughs> Hi, Izzy. <laughs> we have Isabel as a frog. This is the closest I could find. I can't find my. I'm so sorry. You have to look after though. Cool. <laughs> Also, get to steal one thing that's yours. There you go. You, that was not a that was not a question. That was an order. That that was an order. Stick. Um. Yeah. Shouts to, shouts to Rob Schlosser for giving us our best JVR shit post name. Living in a van down by the Reemsdike. That's gonna be <laughs> okay. That's fun. That's pretty that's good. Very fun. It's pretty good. <laughs> I didn't see that. Um. But yeah, any thoughts on JVR? Uh, like because yeah i i like cat and i said basically at the same time that's cheap for that role like he's gonna pot 20 like if he's just doing this on the power play because that's gonna be his you know main role there he's gonna be out in front like i could see him hitting 20 yeah i mean he's i know it's blasphemous like i liked him on the leaps um i thought he was good at what he did um even if he was on a couple really bad Leafs teams there. Um, and then I believe after that was Philly, right? I, I didn't pay too close attention after that. I was a little shocked he was still in the league when I saw the Bruins signing him. Uh, but I liked how he played at one point, and that's kind of what he – I mean, it goals from – dirty areas and in and around the net and for one million for someone who in the past has been known to have decent hands and sneaky speed for his size i remember he was one of those guys who was kind of on the bigger side who still had like some decent giddy up to his actual game which is kind of the opposite of other bigger guys the bruins signed uh and milan lucic okay you can let your dog out that's awesome thank you um it's gonna be a heavily interrupted podcast. No, that's well. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought he was like sneaky fast for his size, and if he even puts up like over the hill, uh, an over the hill version of what he was, 
I think that's perfectly fine for a million and that's a steal for a million if he comes closer to what he's always been. Yeah. Yeah. So agreed. Yeah, I feel like with JVR, like I remember kind of like Kat said, being fairly impressed with his play, not that it'll like, you know, drool over for the Leafs, but was was pretty impressed with the way he played and honestly hadn't heard I knew he was in Philly. He wasn't sure how long. Um was also a little surprised to the Bruins sign him, but like again, if if he has aspects of that game that he had when he was younger, and I know the Bruins, <clears throat> you know, wanted to add some of that sort of grittiness around the net, um, trying to add more of those dirty area goals this season, which they felt like they could, you know, produce more of last year. Um, at one million dollars, he's a pretty good at ask to grab a couple of those. And I mean, look again, like it wasn't his first goal of the season. Banking went in off the defender's shin pad isn't the glorious goal, but those end up being the goals that win hockey games. So. Um, you know, if the Bruins can add a few like that, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel I like that. I feel like it's important not to discount those ones as being intentional. Sometimes, too, some guys are mm-hmm. better at knowing when to when to take those shots that get weird deflections, and when not to just you know lose lose possession of the puck. And I feel like. And I could be wildly wrong at this point, but I feel like Javier has always been a pretty decent possession player, and that's not for nothing, especially for someone who likes to sort of sort of pop the puck into weird, gritty areas of the ice. So I think that's something the Bruins maybe have lacked a little bit mm-hmm. over the last few years, and bringing someone in who's not 40 to do that, I think is a good thing. Yeah. I, I think it's a cliche in hockey where like you'll hear a lot of players talk about like, oh, what did you do to score there? Whatever. And they talk about like getting to the, you know, getting to the dirty areas of the ice and being in the right place at the right time, that kind of thing. And it sounds like it's just them writing off as like a typical hockey player response. Don't mind the train going. <laughs> um, but I feel like there is some some more some more truth to that than than just being completely bullshit. Like I feel like there are certain players who are very good at getting to the right place at the right time and get rewarded for going to those areas. And JVR obviously did that in that game. And it's something that he's been able to do throughout his career. So um, like Kat said, maybe not sitting there thinking, Oh, I'm going to bank this off the defenseman's leg and it's going to go, you know, the inside post isn't like that, but um, it is intentional that he's in that spot and making plays there. It's not, that's not an accident by any means. It's somebody who knows, you know, anticipation where the puck's going to go. That's a, a veteran goal still. So, um, yeah, hopefully something the Bruins can add this season. Yeah, just want to add on uh, JVR for the folks who want the stats. Uh, he started in Philadelphia in 2009. In uh, 2012, he was with Toronto, but up to 2018. Then back with Philly up until last season. And now he's a Bruin, um, of course. And then so – Last season, he potted 12 goals in 61 games. His last full 82-game okay. season, the, which was the year before, uh, was 24 goals, 14 assists. Um, and so, I mean, he's on pace for 82 power play goals this season. <laughs> 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 and um, But, I, yeah, I mean, they kind of like we said, they kind of signed him for that role, and he's also in the, that top six um, realm for them as well and at one mil not not bad um 
Yeah, I think a piece of your power play at that price is pretty impressive. Like, yeah, not, absolutely. I mean, again, but, it's not like, oh, no, shit, they got James Van Reems, like, we got to really watch out. But, like, it is still a, a useful piece of the power play. And at that price point, yeah. I mean, those guys making 10 times that much more worried power play. So, yeah. And it's only two games, but he's only averaged under 12 minutes of ice time so far. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the difference was between last night. and the night. Well, the Bruins were on the penalty kill for 90% of the game during the Nash. So there were so many penalties in that game, too. So um, I don't think he's a part of their penalty kill plans, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you. Sweet. Um, anything else? Other than JVR, uh, the Bruins, yeah, takeaways from the game. I, mean, I thought Sway looked pretty good. Mm. Um, I honestly don't know exactly how much he was tested. Do you still have the stats there, Drew? You see how many shots he had faced? I don't have the game stats up. I just had I JVR like and John. I have Johnny right. Peacher stats. Up. <laughs> there go. Um, I can pull up here in a sec, but I feel like Sway looked pretty good. Um, it was nice to just see him. Obviously, how last season ended and especially hearing Sway in the locker room afterward, it just hurt. And I feel like I had a hole in my heart since then for him. So to see him go out there and win a game again and, and get his goalie hug and all that was good. Um, I want to talk with Cat more here. And I think there's some, maybe some listener questions about it, about the goaltending situation. Cause I know we've heard some just crazy takes out there um, that I would like to set straight, but um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the tandem can do this season. I think Um Last season was not a fluke by any means, and you know I'm expecting an, another good year for the Bees goalies. Should we get into listener questions? I don't know. Do you have anything else planned, Drew? I have nothing else planned um, except for DraftKings. Da 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 da. da. DraftKings and three. and DraftKings in three, two, one. Oh, what an ad read. That was great, whether it was me or Cam that did it. <laughs> it's probably you, but we'll see. <laughs> now we have listener questions. Cam, take it away. Listener questions. First one's coming from a gentleman named, uh, appears to be Chris Jeer. Chris Jeer. Chris I who? I think who? it's, oh, sorry, it might be Jeery. There's another oh. Yeah, I think it was Gerald. I think it's just they Never were doing Gerald, but it was short. They just got maybe <laughs> Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. Gerald. All right. What does Chris Gerald want from so us? So Gerald asks, "How real was Olmark's Vezina season? A hundred percent. Hundred percent real. Just kidding. Um, have you seen any changes in his game since moving from the structureless Buffalo system to the Cassidy system, and finally to the more free flowing Montgomery system? That is an interesting question." especially this the second transition there. But um, first and foremost, can you confirm that that Linus Hallmark won the Vezina Trophy last year? And, no, uh, I can't confirm that. I didn't okay. watch the awards. Yeah, He did, right? I did not see him with it, yeah. <laughs> he, did, him. he did win it, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This Gerald think... seems like he might just make stuff up. Yeah, so. not, probably not the most trustworthy guy, but now um what do you what do you think about his his the involvement of his game though that is that is a good question from gerald um you know we talked a lot about moving from buffalo to boston and i remember you talking before about some of the adjustments he made positioning wise but have you seen more developments since then or what's what's your take there i think the biggest thing we've seen is consistency he's uh 
I think he was given almost the the best environment for him last year, just because he plays a little bit of a more fluid game than Jeremy Swayman, at least. Oh my goodness. Oh, hi. Oh. Uh, we have a puppy dog trying to crawl. Hello, meet Tucker. Um, <laughs> Tucker's with me now. Um, yeah, I think he he plays a little bit of a more fluid game, and having the system in front of him moving just a little bit, a little bit more smoothly, a little bit more fluidly, and a little bit more fast paced, kind of complements him just a little bit better. Um, which isn't to say that I think the Bruce Cassidy system was bad for him. I think he obviously showed us that he plays quite well in both. Um, no, I think he just was given an opportunity to, to really just look a little more consistent and relaxed. Uh, it obviously takes a little less thinking for a goaltender when the system in front of him complements the way that he instinctively wants to play the best. And... Cool. This dog might puke on our carpet, by the way. Uh, but Chris the, Gerald is set to come home in one minute. So that sounds like a Gerald might, problem. Sounds like a Gerald problem. <laughs> 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 he comes home to a puking dog and me on a podcast. That might be just the best thing in the world. Um, no, I. It's I. I can't believe Gerald would write in with such a complex question during a total Mickey Mouse recording for me here. But uh, <laughs> I thought he looked good his first year in Boston. And I remember with each podcast episode that we talked about him, I really just talked about wanting to see a little more consistency from him and just wanted to see that his game looked a little more relaxed and confident. And I feel like last year he hit the point where barring injury-related regression, because really we shouldn't see age-related regression with his game for, what, five or six more years. Barring any sort of injury-related regression, I feel pretty confident that he is going to keep looking like this unless Boston goes the way of Anaheim and pulls a John Gibson on him, uh, <laughs> which I don't think they will because they have good goaltenders in their system, so we really shouldn't see him get overworked. Um, which I'm glad that despite all of the rumblings over the summer, uh, once again, we are starting the season with both goaltenders because I think a big part of his success is actually getting proper rest and recovery. And I maintain that that's part of what went wrong during the playoffs, but that's just me. Yeah. I think that is kind of the, the question. I mean, obviously like you alluded to there, there was some interesting takes about moving one of the goaltenders over the off season. Um, I, I understand where that mindset is coming from. I don't agree with it. Um, I think there are uh, realistically how many, what 30, there's 32 teams in the league now, right? 31 other teams in the national hockey league who would probably swap goaltending trades with the, with the Bruins. Correct me if I'm wrong cap, but um, yeah, that setup is pretty ideal, especially with the age considered of both goalies. So um, I, I don't think that's something you want to let go of for, for what? Like, picks maybe mate like you are you gonna swap I think any team that like, could use him they could use either goaltender that they have yeah. really any team that could use one of them would be in a position where the only thing that they would do is swap them for picks because they're both old enough that arizona chicago 
Anaheim, which I don't think Anaheim can even add goaltending right now. All those teams that need goaltenders in three to four years, these aren't the guys that you're adding anyway. Mm-hmm. So all the teams that would use one of them are going to be teams that are on the cusp of taking a big step forward. Someone like Philadelphia, who can't really get rid of prospect because they suck in other areas too. So they're, they can't afford to lose anything else. It's teams that have multiple holes in their lineup. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think, I think this off season is really going to be decision time on that. They're going to have to sign Swayman uh, probably to a hefty deal. I think I, I, we, we kind of talked about it, or I think it was me, Chris and Lancey talked a lot about goaltenders um, right before the season started. But I think, you know, Swayman is the the future. Um, and they they're in a cap situation where I agree too. Like if they're if the Bruins are going to trade them for anything, they're going to want picks or something. You know, they're not going to want a lot of salary back. Um, so, but yeah, this off is a big decision on that because I mean I don't know. Like I feel like you can't just let Swayman go to free agency. So you got to sign him. No. He's going to want yeah. a big wage. <laughs> And then, I mean, all works on a decent deal, but like, then you got to let a lot of guys go if you're going to have them both under contract in order to get a trade. I don't know. I feel like the cap's supposed to go up this offseason, correct? I think they've been saying that for years. They've been been saying that, but I think it's been more closely confirmed that we should see an up this year. Um, I mean, they, they might have to get rid of one of them. But that uh, it depends on re- really where they're at too. With a lot of these young guys, like uh, there's a question about Poitras and stuff, or Poitras, Poitras, um, and Beecher, and like those guys too. You guys see like if they can fill depth because if not, and you're looking to stay competitive, you got to bring you know in some big guns, big salaries. So there's gonna be some shakeup, I think. There's gonna be a big shakeup. Uh, we'll move over to Sean's question. Shouts to Sean. Contributor for Bruce News. Uh, do you see Poitras sticking around after the nine games? And what do you think happens with Heinen? Dayton High Noon. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about Poitras? He's looked pretty good the first couple games. I know Montgomery talked about swapping some lineups going out west here this week. So maybe we see some top six minutes from him this weekend, which would be interesting. Um, but what's the... What's the early vibe about our, our 19-year-old? I think he's carved out a spot. They need they need center. They need center depth. Like, that's what they're missing right now. And him, and I'll just lump Beecher into because I'm high on Beecher. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think he's been solid enough. And they, there's a real need at this position for them. Uh, and he's able to fill that role, I think. You know, it would be great to see him in top six, but, like, if he but he started out third line so um i think that's like an okay spot for him if he if they're trying to just give him limited ice time see how he's doing and continue to evaluate but um i think they totally expect that at some point in time he can be a top six center for them and just you know fill that void that's there because zaka coil you know question marks around if that's you know enough at center for you I I do think that some of it is on him. I think he's ready. I think he's he would do just fine. I think more of it will have to do with how the rest of the team performs over the next, I'd say, probably four to five games. 
Because realistically, if they start to sputter out after a few games and look aging and tired and look like Martian and Pasternak, and if one of the goaltenders looks like they're going to deal with a lengthy injury, which we've seen from the team before, uh, and it looks like they would be more of a bubble team than a contender, I think, I mean, we were just talking about how they're somewhat cap-strapped and how they need to make a lot of their decisions based on fiscal responsibility there. Uh, If realistically this is not their year, I think it makes more sense to save one additional year of cost control for him by kicking it down the road a year, Um, which might be what's best for him, might not. I think if he really shows that he should be a top six guy for them this year, Obviously, you have to keep them on. It would be a disservice not to. But if they look just mediocre over the next four or five games and he looks like he'd probably be on the third line anyway, I don't think it makes much sense. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where the line is, and I feel like that might be it. Like, if you're definitely stapling him to the bottom six, I feel like it's probably not worth it. But, you know, like, if he's good, not great. But if he's if you really think like, okay, this guy's got it. And you know, maybe there's a few assets of his game that, that need to be fixed up, but like he is going to contribute at an NHL level, not just, you know, go along for the ride kind of thing. Um, I think then it's worth keeping him around, but. Folks, is that, I is found that a, Gerald. I is found that an untrustworthy oh, hi, man? Gerald. We need to know, is your name pronounced Gary? Uh, Jerry, Jerry, I think. Jerry. Like, or Jerry Gerald. Cheevers. Like, is it short for Gerald? <laughs> How how Actually, would we say your name? Gary like Cheevers? Jure. Oh, oh, you heard it here first. Uh, Christopher Jure. That is not his name. <laughs> would you take this dog, please? Um, I think if you give him some special teams time and he's there in that bottom six, like, I think the third line is okay for. I mean, maybe not all year, and you gotta like they might be considering yeah. moving him up, but like. If you give him some special teams time too, and feel you can trust him with that, like he's getting the ice time, either power play or PK, that mm-hmm. uh, helps out. Even if he's on the third line, and, and I'm not that's even what saying a third line center like, does anyway. I don't think you have to staple him to a top six line either. I no. think you just need to you need to believe that he is capable of being there this year. It doesn't need you know he can bounce between second line, third line, whatever, but. If the belief is like, oh, he's not good enough to move past the third line, then it's probably not worth keeping him here. But um, I, that it's being the said, I do. Test. Yeah, I feel like they're going to keep him around. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I I feel like he's – I mean, again, it's been it, – the sample size has been so small now. Assuming he produces at a reasonable rate over the next seven games that he's got, with how old this team is, I feel like they're going to want even just from like a – I don't know, a visual standpoint to the rest of the fan base to have some youth attached to this team and and provide the, the feeling that there is a future. And maybe I'm reading too much of the PR side of things versus, you know, Don Sweeney doing numbers up there. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of fans that are really excited about this kid in a way that Bruins fans haven't really been to in a while, which is probably says more, you know, about some of the guys they've pulled up or failed to pull up for the last few years on the offensive side, at least. Um, I think they have a better record of that defensively and with goaltending with Swayman and, and, you know, Charlie and stuff. But 
Um, I don't know. I feel like he's I feel like he's gonna have enough to stick around. But the second part of that question we didn't even get to yet is what do you do with Dan Heinen? Mm. I mean, obviously it's tied to that, but no cap space. I don't know what like when they got rid of uh, what's his face Greer. Yeah, I don't care enough about him to remember his name. I guess no. He had a good he had a DJ good trick shot off the boards, but I thought when they got rid of him that was Heinen's opening. But now, if you look at the cap, they really don't have much wiggle room. Like I don't know what they would be waiting for because uh, Greer was, or is it Greer? Greerold? Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was Greer. Uh, like, what would Heinen be getting? He'd probably get minimum. I mean, he got paid minimum last year. Yeah, so, like, I, I, don't I don't know what the holdup was there, but. I do feel like he's better than some people on the roster looking at you, Milan Lucic, but I don't know. You know what I mean? It's not that it's as easy as a swap for swap. And not that you know, Luke's looked good. Luke's looked good. He looked all right <laughs> for his couple of games. But um, I don't know. I also it's kind of just like Dave Hyden. So, I, like, I don't know. Cap, do you, do you see them doing anything with Hino or is he getting tossed aside like an empty can? I don't know, man. <laughs> Only time will tell. Only time will. I I feel like usually at the start of the year we see some extra shuffling between teams and within team lineups because I feel like at least over the last couple of years teams have had to be extra cautious because we had that shortened off season and every, even players talked about it. You know, they didn't get proper recovery time for injuries. They didn't get proper decompression time from the playoffs and so teams were having to almost double stack their lineup for the inevitable little slew of guys who would enter IR within the first week there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we're finally like knock on wood back to a somewhat more normal off season recovery period. And the Bruins got a longer one because, Hey, they were out in the first round. So I don't think they're going to need quite as many like buffer zone players, which unfortunately I think is kind of what Heinen kind of serves us there. So if if I'm wrong and we do start to see some of those injuries stack up like we have over the last three-ish years here during the pandemic, uh, that answers our question for us. But if not, I don't know. And I don't know what teams are going to do because I think a lot of teams did stack with the anticipation that they'd have one more year of needing to to stack mm-hmm. it up like that. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that angle. Hmm. Well, best wishes to Dan Hainoud regardless. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's happening, but good luck, bro. But good luck, buddy. <laughs> I, I ain't reading all that, but I'm happy for you. We're sorry that happened. <laughs> Quick pause for a reminder that the Bruise and Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets. When you bet five on the NFL, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Last question from Lancey. What does Kat think about my deck hockey save from 2009? It was also, beautiful. <laughs> is this actually a thing? Is there a video of it this? Is. Or it, it is. He texted me and told it? me that he, his sister had found... His sister had filmed it, and it was his first ever save in deck hockey from 09. And wow. it's like a very old school save, and it's very cool and very fun. And stacked pads. I think we should post it on. It's is it Twitter still? I don't know what it is. X. X. Twitter. I'm calling it X. No one's calling it X. Gerald. I don't know Gerald. why. By the post way, speaking Gerald. of Gerald, Gerald is currently standing uh, all the way back in our like bushes oh i just realized our neighbor is peeking over the fence at him so he's having a conversation with our neighbor who who only speaks spanish so that's exciting that's nice um he has my number so he can text me if he needs to talk to us (laughs) there you go i I I guess if your neighbor is gonna be peeking over the fence that's probably best case scenario he's very sweet he's Ah, Isabel is informing me that our tree is overhanging his fence. So uh, that could be it. <sighs> um, the second part of Lancey's question, which is a long question to ask you, thirty plus minutes into the show here, but <laughs> in quick summary, I guess, uh, what goalies? I guess which goalies really, Lancey, are destined to have a breakout season this year? Anybody to keep an eye on across the league? Uh, I think in Calgary, we're probably going to end up seeing Dustin Wolf. Uh, no disrespect to Dan Vladar, a uh, former Bruins prospect legend there. Uh, I think Dustin Wolf is the real deal. And Jacob Markstrom was trash last year. Um, so I think we're going to probably see Dustin Wolf at some point. Um, I think we're going to get to see more of Connor Ingram with the Coyotes, who kept Logan Cooley in their top six and he's already been very fun um he is the only player fun fact to make his nhl debut on friday the 13th and actually score a point wow. in the history of the league uh that's crazy 14 other players have made their debuts on friday the 13th and did not record a single point so hmm. um trying to think of who else uh, i'm interested to see how spencer knight does this year he was i think very brave and opening up about why he entered the player assistance program this past year. Uh, he's battling some OCD, which for a goaltender, as Corey Hirsch has told us, is a big deal. Um, but he is back. He has cleared the program and he is back. So we will see how he does. I'm super interested to see how that goes for Florida. Um, they could be really scary this year if they have. Bobrovsky helping a fully healthy Spencer Knight instead of Alex Lyon. Um, uh, Toronto also has Martin Jones, and I think that should be a fun one to watch. They waived him to start the year, but I think he'll be back. So, are you uh, are you bought in on Devin Levi 
Yes. Oh, how did I forget about Devin Levi? Oh man. I, I love Devin Levi. I think he's, I try not to give too much credit to Buffalo for anything. Um, <laughs> cause it's a city that shouldn't exist. Um, but uh, take it, Canada. just <laughs> drop an F-bomb 35 take minutes it. in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let Toronto swallow it. It should, it should be absorbed by Toronto as like their worst area of town. Um, but I think Devin Levi was the smartest pickup they've ever made. Um, I think he's amazing. I think he's wonderful. I think he might be the best young goaltender we'll see in the league this year. Um, the only thing that could possibly get in his way is Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, which is a big if. Which is a Send big, him to Boston. I mean, He'll take a Vesna home. So and I'm, I'm falling think, into the Buffalo trap, but it's still a big if. Like, I, I truly know. think that he would be a Vesna contender early on if he was on a contending team. Uh, as it is, I think he's going to be a really good like standout goaltender playing for Buffalo, which maybe they're going to take steps forward. I don't know. I feel like they never do. Um, and then I'm trying to think of if anyone else, there were a couple weird moves this off season, a couple goaltenders that are set to make debuts, but I feel like everything's been so topsy turvy and goaltending that it's kind of hard to feel super confident about anyone outside of Devin Levi, who I think is going to be like a Jeremy Swayman level, like hit the ground running and be fine. Hell yeah. I do wish him the best, even though he's within the division. Even though he's playing for the Sabres. <laughs> I've been waiting for uh, Ville Husso to break out. For He had one breakout year. It was uh, his second year. Yeah, I, t- I pulled up his stats because I've always been like, I don't know. <laughs> D- Detroit's always my dark horse team. Like I just always have a feeling they could just like uh, you know be the unexpected team to break through and stuff, and I've just been waiting on him to take off. And Detroit has not happened. His good season was with St. Louis. Well, Detroit has Sebastian Kosa waiting in the wings, um, Mm. and they sent him to the ECHL last year. So that's that's kind of a weird one to for people who like minor minor league hockey. I think that'll be kind of a fun one to to watch and. Also, for those who like minor league hockey, uh, shouts to Mariah Fujimagari, who is playing for the ECHL's Kalamazoo Wings this year. I did see that. It's cool. Which is absolutely awesome. She's fun. She's mm. a lot of fun to to watch, a lot of fun to chat with. So nice. I hope she does incredibly well. Absolutely. Um, and Vili, who's... <laughs> yeah. Um, I have him in fantasy, so that's the that was have, a you have who in fantasy? Who so? Oh, that was a choice. <laughs> I have Hellebuck too. The... I have Hellebuck. Um, that's coming from the I have Vasilevsky. I have Vasilevsky <laughs> waiting at the wings, so I'm just I need help for while Vasilevsky's on IR. I auto draft. I didn't. I, did, I kept Hellebuck from the team that I adopted in Makar and Marshy, but other than that, it was all out. Go. But yeah, go he's gonna pull through this year. Vesna. That's my call. Um, was there any other questions? Or that was it. All right. Any final word on sports? I'm just working that into every episode now. It's a little Easter egg for everyone. No, I got nothing. Go bees.
All right, then we'll end the episode in five, four, 